Welcome to First World Problems, the podcast, episode number 13, brought to you by Militov Records and their new release from Calculator. Welcome to the first ever First World Problems that is recorded over Skype and not in person. Pretty crazy, right? The future. Yes. This, this is the future. So I am uh, one of your hosts, Ray Harkins, and we have with us, as always, Mr. Joey Cahill. Hi, I'm Joey Cahill. <laughs> and we have Mr. Scott Arnold, who uh, apparently likes wrestling, as indication by his picture on Skype. Good evening. Who, who's that a picture of? I don't know. Okay. I don't have that. How do you, what the hell? How do you add pictures? <laughs> Dude, if you see me, I'm, I've put like four up in the time we've been talking about. <laughs> I guess, hey, I do have a picture. I'm looking at it. Yeah, it's it's a picture of you, Joey. That's that's probably the best thing. So Ray, we may need to start over. No, we don't need to start no, over. We're, we're keeping all this, dude. And last but certainly not least is our special guest of the evening, uh, none other than Evan. Let me make sure I'm pronouncing your last name correct. Weiss, is that correct? Yes, yes, you got okay. it. You know what? I used to have a uh, I played varsity baseball in high school. And do you know Walt? Do you know Walt Weiss? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is he from New Jersey? No, I believe he played on the Oakland A's at one point. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know all. Of, I know all about him. Every every Weiss everywhere knows him. The other, <laughs> uh, no, but so the the baseball coach every day would call me Weiss, even though that wasn't my last name. Amazing. I don't know how how hard that is to fuck up every day for. <laughs> did did you did, did you correct him? Yeah, every day. Wow. And it, was, it eventually just with like I didn't even. Try anymore. It's like Weiss, and I just be like Weiss. You're saying, no, no, <laughs> that's that's awesome. Well, e- e- Evan, thank you very much for being with us. Evan plays in a uh, well. I, sh- I I say plays in a band is the band uh, called Into It Over It, and he also does a musical project called Stay Ahead of the Weather. You and... actually got him. You got him flip flop. It's uh, Into It Over It's a musical project, and the band is Stay Ahead of the Weather. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Whatever. Bo- both of them are terrible anyways. It doesn't matter. Uh, 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 just kidding, uh, Evan. So, um, not yes. Cool, right. I know. That's a great way to start off with a guest. And I'll, I'll make a note as well. Evan is the first person that uh, we don't know like intimately well. You know, we, We're familiar with his music, but we're not like longtime bros, even though Evan does come from a similar background as all of us. Um, except Scott, because Scott's always the weird one. Hey, dude. <laughs> oh, so I didn't oh. know you're. I didn't know you're here, Scott. Sorry. Hey, man. How you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. Good. Uh, I was just watching a movie on the other side. Of... What are you watching? Uh, I'm not. Too really. long. You're lying. <laughs> just always say Jurassic Park. That's your go-to answer. That's perfect. So yes, this. Ask again. Hey, what movie are you watching, Scott? Jurassic Park. Great movie. Well done. <laughs> so yes, this this podcast is making history on on so many different levels. So Evan, thank you very much for being here this evening. We appreciate it. Thanks for taking a chance, Evan. Dude, I take chances all day, every day. <laughs> the only way to live. <laughs> um, so a little little housekeeping business uh, to get out of the way. Um, this is now the, this is the thirteenth episode, which is pretty awesome. I'm I'm happy the fact that we've been able to do more than ten. Because um, usually podcasts like this start and they do like three or four episodes and then they stop. But we don't fuck around, do we, guys? No. Yeah. No. No. Lucky, 
Yeah, lucky 13. That's where you're at. Um, and uh, we would love to hear feedback from you. Uh, the email address is fwppodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have a few people email us, like, suggestions as far as future guests. Um, yeah, and whoever, uh, how's your edge? We, we've got a little problem with him. Oh. <laughs> what's your beef? That's, that's beef on Twitter. Yeah, Aww. what's your beef, Scott? You know, he's just got some bad ideas. And... <laughs> yes. I haven't, but... I haven't updated my trade list in, like, six years. I gotta... <laughs> oh! <laughs> I gotta get back on that shit. <laughs> oh, incredible. Can't concentrate. He's too list. Never mind. <laughs> um so yeah email us for you know whatever feedback you'd like to give us like i said people definitely like to suggest us future uh people that we uh should try to get on the show i think my favorite suggestion um was that we should interview wes einsold from uh, cold cave american nightmare um i don't even know where we'd begin doing that <laughs> he's hey, west, Skype just, west just give us a call you know, we're, we're available. So simple. Maybe we can just email westnightmare at gmail.com and he'll respond. You guys yeah. want me to just invite him in right now? <laughs> hey, Evan, we'll talk to you later then. Okay, bye. See ya. You just shine, you just shine the, uh, what, like the angel into the sky? and. <laughs> oh, that would be spectacular. But... But yeah, so e- email us some suggestions or just general feedback, and um, yeah, and if you think that this idea of us recording over Skype is a terrible one, let us know as well because we like to it's hear. Yeah, it's, I know it's a horrible idea. Um, so yeah, email us, and then also we love to get feedback on iTunes as far as people rating us and making us look cool because uh, that way, then Steve Jobs will know that we exist, and then he'll hire us at Apple to do this podcast full time because that's how it works, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and actually, Scott has a personal email relationship with him. So, are you on the genius bar, Scott? Yes, permanent genius. (laughs) Did any of you guys watch uh, South Park this week? No, and I don't tell me anything about it. My roommate already spilled the beans on a lot of it, and I was so upset that I haven't seen it yet. It's Apple related. It's yeah, pretty. I know, I know. I know. It's iPad related. I, I know. It's my favorite show, and he fucking ruined it now. And I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm pretty. I, I was pretty excited when you sent that to me, Scott. I appreciate that. Good. Thanks for sending it to me too, Scott. <laughs> well, Joey and I have a strained relationship ever since he moved. Um, Scott, I see you more now. Or I'm not probably about the same. So I'm shut straight. up. Not true. And and Evan, just a little background information for you as well. Scott okay. Scott tends to get beat up on at the podcast, so because um, he's a whiny baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just wanted to let you know, in case you start to feel bad for him, don't. He's I here. Never, for... I would never feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Grown ass man. He. He is by far the most grown-ass man here. That's a compliment to you, Scott. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, give us give us some emails, give us some ratings on iTunes, and then uh, we can become even cooler and then uh, do this like 40 times a week. That'd probably be pretty cool. We, just think if we did a podcast every day. Do we make money off it? We probably could. We make yeah. money off we, we make a lot of money off this so far. We I think yeah. we have I think we have like $160 in the bank. Yeah. So doing a pod, let, let me get this straight. Doing a podcast is more profitable than a band. Yes. 
Awesome. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Absolutely more profitable. <laughs> Ev- Evan, would you be interested in breaking your bands up and being a permanent guest? On the show? I yes. mean, I could, we're on, you're on Skype now. I don't need to break the bands up to do that. That's true. That's true. But you be, you make more money doing this. I mean, you don't even you wouldn't even have to pay me. I would just do this for fun. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, oh, you mean I get to sit on the internet and talk about hardcore for an hour? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the idea of why we started the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Great. Now we'll move on to our ever popular quick hit section. <laughs> that was very good, Scott. Scott's not embarrassed because he's not in front of people. <laughs> Although I'm feeling a lot of secondhand embarrassment at this point. Uh, quick, a quick hit section is basically a recommendation of anything that's going on in our lives uh, that we like. You know, we like the sunset, we like the ocean, whatever the case may be. So, um, I want to hear Scott. Let's hear Joey. Okay. <laughs> Because I have Scott's not ready. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, Mister Mister Cahill, what what do you got for us this this episode? Uh, I would uh, think something I think you will also enjoy, Ray. Can't wait. I know you. Uh, I would like to recommend a sandwich shop called Capriati's. Oh, so good! Not, oh, Evan, you've had it. Oh yeah. Where, uh, where, where have you had one, Evan? Las Vegas. Oh, you're the. That's where I've had it too. See, I, I, I didn't know that they were in other places aside from Las Vegas. I guess they started out in New Jersey, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's where I'm from, too. And you, it's funny that I spent, I grew up in New Jersey for 23 years and never had Capriati's until <laughs> I was in Las Vegas on a business trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, my girlfriend and I realized that there's one about two minutes from our current house. And we have been going there as much as possible because we are moving tomorrow. Wait, wait. So there's one of the open up in LA? It's like a block from Rodeo. Wow. Yeah. It's it's a little more expensive, maybe like a dollar more a sandwich, but it's just as good. Dude, mind blowing. Yeah. Where where are you where are you moving to? I am moving to just west in LA. Like a little bit south south of Santa Monica. Basically, basically, if you saw the movie Battle Los Angeles, the area that got blown up. Well, I, 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 could, I could not agree with your recommendation anymore, Joey. That place is spectacular. Yes, it is. It is very, very good. So what, go to Capriati's. What's your sandwich of choice? Um, I, per, I get the chicken cheesesteak. Okay. But uh, for the vegetarians out there, they do have veggie turkey and veggie steak and their veggie meat is delicious much agreed i eat the shit out of those so evan what do you get when you're there literally eat the shit out (laughs) oh any 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 sort of italian sub is uh is where i'm at on that one scott are you a sandwich dude uh yeah but i've never been there what's your what's your favorite sandwich joint um tummy stuffers near the airport Oh, I've never had that. Orange County Airport. There's a, there's a tummy stuffers by my office in Santa Ana that is very good. I eat there almost every every day I'm at the office. Yeah, they're um, they're all independently owned, so a lot of them are different. Um, this one in particular, when I was living in Costa Mesa, they had my order on the wall because I went so often, so I could just walk in and say I had a Scott. Are you kidding? No. Nope. What's on it? 
Um, it's a, butter and jelly. <laughs> Gummy bears. No. <laughs> butter and jelly. <laughs> Marshmallow fluff. <laughs> what? So what? What's on it, Scott? Uh, whole wheat bun, mustard, lettuce. It's a real fine lettuce. Uh, finely diced tomatoes, avocado, mushrooms, and sprouts. Okay. They give you a name for a veggie sandwich. They call it the Scott. Yeah, because their whole wow. thing is they have like 101 different sandwiches. No, no. I've, I, like I said, I go to one um, a lot. And they do have a bunch of, you know, all the sandwiches on the walls. But... Sound like you just could have said, "Can I get a veggie sandwich with no pickles?" <laughs> oh, we'll call no it the pickles. Scott. <laughs> You're probably the only guy going in there getting the veggie sandwich, so they just had to call it that instead. <clears throat> if you guys want to be assholes, you can choose to be an asshole. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just amazed at the fact that you have a sandwich named after you. That's spectacular. Uh, anyways, I was just going to ask Evan what his, uh, what his quick hit would be for this episode. Um, well, I'll actually talk to you about what I just did before we started this podcast. We went to this place called The Lockdown in Chicago, Illinois, which if anyone is familiar with a place called Kuma's, it's a knockoff, broke-dick version of Kuma's. <laughs> but on Tuesdays, they do half-price burgers, so you get Kuma-style hamburger, which is like the best hamburger you've ever had for like five bucks with like macaroni and cheese or french fries. It's out of control. But, uh, I thought you were saying, does the macaroni and cheese a, come on the hamburger? No, 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 no. It's like a side, like if you were going to eat your burger and mac and cheese on the side. <clears throat> but it's prison themed. So you walk in and there's just fucking time out. Everywhere and prison <laughs> bar everything. <laughs> time out. We need more description. <laughs> prison I'll get, I'll get into it. Whatever you want to know. Yeah, no, and the burgers are called like, uh, like the Lockdown Warden is like the crazy burger with all the stuff on it and then. There's a burger called the Punk Bish. And, uh, there's a burger called the Electric Chair, which is like the real spicy burger, you know? But, uh. That's spectacular. I, I forget the burger I had today. It had a. But it had kimchi and a fried egg and uh, bacon on it. Wow. With a pretzel roll. It's out of control. Even though Kuma's is awesome because they name, obviously, all their burgers after bands. So that's after awesome. That. Hey, metal bands. Ray, is that is that where we went, Nate? That is where we went, Nate. Oh, that place was insane. Yeah, yeah Kuma's, Kuma's reign supreme, but lockdown is. They like, have a reign supreme sandwich. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> the Kuma, Kuma's is the best, but lockdown is slightly not as good. But you don't have to wait, and the burgers are half price on Tuesday. So that makes sense. It's awesome. Do they have Do they have uh, veggie burgers? Because that's obviously what I'm interested in. They do a veggie burger and they do turkey burgers and they do buffalo burgers too. So if you want to, if you want to get a little gamey, you can throw <laughs> dead up on your on your. <laughs> if you want, if if you want to get a little pioneer style, get a buffalo burger. Yeah. You want <laughs> if Oregon if Oregon Trail is your game. Trail, that was the joke I was trying to make. Oh, oh damn! Great minds think alike, dude. <sighs> all right, spectacular. I, I'm sensing I'm sensing a food theme with all these quick hits. Um, Scott, would you? Scott, what, website, what website do you want to recommend? No website. You ready for this? Hit us. A, I got this as a gift for Christmas, and I didn't use it for whatever reason. But it is a mechanical pencil. <laughs> 
What? Where are we going with this? <laughs> I'm sorry. Where are we going with this? Tell us. No, it, I I got a mechanical pencil for Christmas, and I rediscovered it this week. <laughs> um, I'm high. I'm very very into writing tools, and this is a mechanical pencil called a Werther. It'll be noted in the show notes. <laughs> okay. Um, it's it's not cheap. Thirty five dollars. What? Um, the lead, unlike a typical mechanical pencil, which at most has like .9 lead, this is like one point. Wait, I can get you the exact answer. Oh, please, please, I'm, I'm on, sitting wait, on the wait, edge wait, of my seat. Yeah, it's a website right now. Based in the celebrated German spa town of Baden-Baden, where there is a small family-run company that specializes in high-quality writing. The, shortly, the shorty mechanical pencil is favored by designers, artists, and engineers for his ergonomic hexagonal shape. Dude. There you go. So I they... couldn't have said it better myself. It is a good investment. <laughs> Anyone that has to write or draw, pick one up. Life will be changed. Basically, this is like, this is like the, the stuff white people likes pencil. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, because it... It helps to get like ideas out quickly on paper. Now, you guys won't want to hear about this. Pick one up. Don't don't pens work faster than pencils? <laughs> Absolutely not. It is a wide, old wives' tale. Wow. So this, that's my favorite quick hit ever. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm in love with it as well. Good. Pick one up. I, I won't, but thank you. <laughs> I I think Scott, you should probably. Email, uh, what is it, K- Kano? I don't Werther Pencil, whatever the company is. Email them this because I don't think they've ever Werther. Werther. I don't. Th- I don't think There's they link. They... I know. I saw that link. Thank you, Evan. I appreciate the link. <laughs> Do they also make delicious snack treats? Like no, Werther's W-O-R. W-O-R, not W-E-R. No, not as cool. Not as cool. It also has. An, there's an umlaut over the O, which. Yeah, that's very, that's very hip these days. Very, very hip. Well, yeah, Scott, email them and then see if they can give us some promo pencils and then all of us will start using them. But it is kind of a unique story. So it's a guy who, uh, the Mr. Werther, I don't know if that's his name, <laughs> but he he was a, like, a mechanical engineer for his entire career working on whatever, other people's stuff. And then when he retired, he wanted to make the perfect pencil. And when he Obviously. designed it, when he designed it, he figured out that the minimums were cost too much to make his idea. So he wound up designing all the machines to make his pencils, and now he does it all in house with his family. Oh, it's Scott. Cute. That's cute. I'm bringing it back to DIY. You are Scott. I have a question. I have a question for you. I'd love to hear it. Um, your pencil sounds amazing. I need to take a test with a, a Scantron. Can I use it? Is it a number two pencil? Uh, well, you can get various types of lead. Okay, good. As long as yeah, I need a, I need a good pencil for my scantrons. Okay. God, dude. I, I I I really didn't think that we were gonna get this much out of a mechanical pencil quick hit, but this is incredible. All right. Well, mo- moving on from this scintillating mechanical pencil. Do we have to? Conver- no, we yeah. could we could just end it right here. Thanks for Ray, joining. Try to top that. Thanks for joining us, Evan. <laughs> um. Try, trying to top that, um, I well, 
I was originally going to do a quick hit about the fact that I had a kid 11 days ago, but I... Thank you. See, Evan, that's a normal response from people. I know. See, God, my, I thought a mechanical cancel was boring. My, my yeah, good, I know. Couldn't get more boring, I, but I just did. <laughs> my, my, good, my good friends will definitely make fun of the fact that I, I would say that, hey, I had a kid, and people should know about it, and they go, boring. Yeah. So... But anyway, so I I won't recommend my kid as a quick hit because that would be kind of creepy because then people may try to steal him or something like that. Um, So anyways, what I will recommend is a movie I saw that we were maybe going to review for the show, but then um, no one was really able to see it except me. (laughs) So uh, it's the new uh, Morgan Spurlock movie called uh, The Greatest Movie Ever Sold. Basically, it's just about product placement in movies and television shows and how it makes up a multi-billion-dollar industry, um, and I, I personally love what Morgan Spurlock do, does. Uh, every one of his documentaries and television shows are awesome. Um, while I think, obviously, what he portrays as like a documentary filmmaker, you know, it, it, it's a one-sided story, and that's fine um, as long as people obviously go into it knowing the fact that they should make up their own minds upon leaving the theater or watching it on DVD. Um, but yeah, the movie was really interesting just because <clears throat> it it really was very transparent as far as like, hey, this is exactly what happens when you're advertised to, marketed to, um, and that's the type of stuff that I'm always interested in. So it's a very good movie, and I think everybody that's remotely interested in, you know, the world at large from the pop culture uh, sense of the term, then they should check it out. So there's my quick I, hit. I would have liked to have seen it, but the whole I'm moving thing kind of... Yeah. Screwed that up. You um, can only but, use that twice a year, Joey. Sorry about that. And I've used I've, this would be the fourth time I've used it. So I know. <laughs> um, but uh, on a uh, on a related note, I read an article today that the new James Bond movie is going to have they're being paid forty five million dollars for product placement. Wow, that's a lot of money. That's it's. Um, I think it set a record, right? Um, it had to have. Like that's crazy. Yeah, I think the previous record was Minority Report at like $20 million. So Was that for the little balls? <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> Evan, Evan, would you, uh, would you, if Mountain Dew came to Into It and Over It, not Into It and Over It, sorry, that's just a rookie mistake right there. <laughs> um, if they came to you and, I know, exactly, that's my only, that's my only one. If uh, they came to you and said, Evan, would you wear a Mountain Dew shirt for uh, your upcoming tours and we will give you $30,000, would you do it? That's a really tough call. Probably not. Yeah. But, I, then, again, but then again, I fucking love Mountain Dew. See? That, that's <laughs> like, I actually really like Mountain Dew. Like, it's not like, some, a pro, like a product I don't like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. $30,000 would do a lot. Like, that could, I could buy a van. I could... Uh, pay my rent for the year you know like that's yeah that's no for sure and that, that's that's always like dollars i'd be like fuck off you know <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that and that's kind of the argument that morgan spurlock poses within the context of the movie where it's like yeah i'm not 100 percent sure on you know whether or not that I, I love every single one of these you know companies that obviously sponsored this movie but it's like you know, people have to make concessions on their own if they want to see whatever project they're working on, you know, come to fruition. And obviously, like, you know, making major motion pictures is not a cheap thing, so. It's interesting that you guys bring up 
Mountain Dew because they they do have that initiative where they've started the Green Label sound. Are you guys familiar with that? No. Like uh, like stained and POD and stuff, right? No, it's like all these uh, like Neon Indian and Waves, Freelance Whales. Oh. So it's a bunch of like indie rock hype bands. And I, I don't know the deal because these bands still release records on other labels, but they're, I think, financially... Oh, I, yeah, no, okay, I remember, don't they, um, or no, that wasn't them, but some some major corporation opened up a recording studio in, like, Williamsburg in, in New York that they let that bands... That was Converse, yeah. That's it, it was, Converse. It was, do- it was Dr. Pepper, and it was in a bubble. There was a reality <laughs> show about it. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just find it so crazy that obviously corporations of that size have that much money to be like, hey, we need to look cool, so we'll give these bands, you know, whatever, thousands well, that's like and thousands. The Zion. Yeah, Zion. the hardcore metal band. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Evan, we already covered that on another podcast. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's my quick hit, and I think Ray, I, I, have a, I have a question for you. Please hit me. Um, I don't know if I don't know if the spoiler. Did because it's tech isn't it called like actually called Palm Presents? Yes, so Palm Palm Wonderful did, Presents. Did they did they say how much they paid for that or is that a, yeah is they paid one point five million dollars? And it, it's based on the movie's achievement. So if he gets more people to see it, he gets more money from that. Yep, exactly. All pretty much wow. all pretty much all the companies have some sort of stake. Like it's pr- honestly. Towards the end of the movie, it's amazing because you see all of these companies from like, you know, JetBlue, like putting Morgan Spurlock in, um, you know, like, you know, you have those intro videos when you fly in a plane where it's like, oh, hey, you know, here's, here's, here's what our airline's about and here's the safety procedures and stuff. Um, you know, they have hit, they have him doing the intro and then like, uh, a company like Amy, Amy's pizza, which is like, you know, a natural frozen pizza thing. They put like the greatest movie ever sold stickers on the box. And so it's like all of these companies are like joining in to promote this movie because they have a collected interest in it. I, I, it just was really cool to watch all of these companies that are just gigantic do stuff. That's like, similar to what you know the independent like diy music scene does as well where it's just like but obviously on a much smaller level so yeah Um, ray yes since the baby thing was just kind of glossed over and i tend to get verbose and things yes in one sentence summarize how your life has changed in the last 11 days uh okay one sentence i'll try to make this concise no um, run-on sentences either, Ray. No, no, I know, I know. Only two, um, you get two commas. Okay. Um, oh, man. Um, completely and utterly unreal, comma, <laughs> slash best thing ever, slash worst thing ever. Whoa, if that, whoa. If, <laughs> I mean, and, and I and I I'll put a asterisk besides the worst thing ever because it's Joey. Just, Joey, is that allowed? Uh, yeah. Please, but please, this, I, your your asterisk it only be a sent. We'll give you two sentences to explain <laughs> your asterisk. Uh, have having kids are awesome, but it's a lot of work. Period. What? <laughs> now, now, Ray, if you could go back nine months and eleven days, would you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Would I? Would I? Would I never have impregnated my wife? <laughs> would you have taken precautionary measures? No, 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 Scott. I don't regret my decision whatsoever. Okay. 
I mean, it'd be one I'll thing. I'll be asking you every podcast. <laughs> that'll be incredible we'll just have a little section uh raise regret o meter (laughs) raise regrets (laughs) that's perfect but no i i i I don't have any regrets and it's 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 a pretty it's just a weird experience i mean Mm -hmm. uh, obviously we can uh we can go more into it on the next ray regret section so yeah Spectacular. Well, that'll uh, that'll wrap up our very extensive, and th- I think this was the most lively quick hit section we've ever had. All right. Well, now we're going to uh, move on to the music review section of the show, and uh, we have two records to speak about, and uh, we'll tackle them in alphabetical order as we usually do. Um, the first one is from the band called Explosions in the Sky, and the record it's a little redundant, don't you think? Take care. Take care, take care, three times. Um, so yeah, let's. Uh, you just let's don't get it. No, I don't. I, I guess, <laughs> I, I guess so. I just don't. I don't understand taking care. But um, let's listen to a little bit of it. All right, so yeah, this is the, this is Explosions in the Skies' fifth record, uh, fifth full length. Uh, they reissued, I guess technically it would be their sixth one because they reissued a very uh, their very first one called The Rescue. Um, but yeah, so it's their fifth full length. Um, it's again released on Temporary Residence, which has released all of their stuff, and it's pretty much the reason that the label um, it does very well because I know Explosions in the Sky is a uh, massively large band as far as record sales are concerned, especially for a band that's all instrumental. Um, Full disclosure: we don't know about temporary residences, financials, so we apologize. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh no, no, I, I, I did an audit on them last year, so I know exactly where they stand. Okay. Yeah, but thank that's you, Scott. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys, Pitchfork gave the record a seven. Oh, okay. Well, Pitchfork's the worst. <laughs> That's the only review I could find. Also, their the rescue got a seven, and oh. what's the other record? All of a sudden, I miss everyone. Got a six. Mm. Yeah, they they don't seem to like them that much. Which I would agree, well, the new record is better than the last record. I would also agree. With well, well, you know what, Evan? Since you just broke in and started your review, can you tell us your opinion of this record? <laughs> um. Okay, so I've been I've seen this band a bunch of times back when the when like their first two records were coming out, and um, fortunately got to see them like before they really started playing a lot of big stupid venues. Uh, and so I used to love this band. And when they put out their last record, the all of a sudden they missed everyone record. I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like basically boring versions, or not? I didn't think like fully thought out versions of songs they'd already released 
And so when you sent me this, I was like, kind of like, oh yeah, like oh, you know, I, I kind of wanted to hear that, but I wasn't like sweating it. The hell is that? I don't know. Someone <laughs> turn on a water fountain. And uh, Scott, go back inside. I am inside. I know. Chris, have the door open. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry to interrupt. So yeah, so, so when I got this record, I was like, oh cool, yeah, I wanted to hear that, and uh, decided I would actually give it a couple good listens because I knew we were going to be talking about it today, and um, I actually like it a lot in, in comparison to the stuff I've heard in the last like three years. Nice, so, nice. Um, I actually think it's a lot. It's a lot more like their first couple records, which are the ones I really like the most, and. I mean, they're not doing it. They're not breaking any new ground by any means. Like, it's still the same stuff they've been doing, but it's, it's you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, wow. So they, they, they brought you back from the brink. A little bit. A little oh. bit. All right. Cool. Uh, cool. I, I, am, I would say, though, with utmost certainty that if you guys didn't send me this and say, that I had to listen to it for a podcast, I might have never listened to it. <laughs> if, you, if, you were, if you were presented as homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, that being said, I might have just let this band. I might have just kept my memories of what I had of this band from when I thought it was awesome and just left it at that. You know what I mean? Yeah. What were you gonna say, Joey? I was gonna say that the same thing with that Darkest Hour record, where ah yes, I never would have listened to it. So nice, and nice. I still listen. So yeah, sweet. Well, thank you, Evan. That's uh, let's uh, okay. Awesome. Real quick, last thing. That yep. the record gets progressively better as it goes, and not the reverse. Like I felt like the first song on the record is my least favorite, and then it, I think, gets a slightly better as it goes. I I would I would agree with you one hundred percent on I that would, one. I would also agree. I think I think side B is actually my favorite. Yeah, nice. yeah. of the three. Yes. <laughs> uh, Scott, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on this explosion in the sky record? Um. I've never really loved this band. I've always thought they were okay, but other bands did the... What? That surprises me. Yeah, I, I figured, figured it might. But I've okay, always continue. felt... Sorry. I've always felt that other people did the sort of uh, loud, quiet, recharge over and over again thing better. Um, and to me, this record's just more of the same. I had a hard time finding anything that brought it beyond what they've already done. And I'm gonna leave it there. So. Okay. Okay. Short, 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 short. thing about Explosions in the Sky is, is, is like they have it, Sigaros has it, and Mogwai has it. Where when they're writing a song or playing a song, I get the feeling that like I actually feel like they're painting a picture with what they're playing. Like I can actually feel like uh, like the band has something that they're trying to say without having to say anything. And um. And so when I hear things that sound out of tune or that sound a little discordant or just like not right, I can trust that they know exactly what they're doing. So, and I think Explosion in the Sky is an example of that, where like when I hear something and I go, wait, that sounds wrong, I know that they're doing it wrong on purpose. So like, suit That's, imagery that they're trying to make. I, 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 re- I really like that point, because there's definitely, I mean, especially when it's like you had bands like Isis and Pelican starting to blow up, and like, 
pretty much there's a glut of bands that have the whole quiet and loud, whether it's like they're on the heavier side of things or whether they're on the more you know indie rock side of things. There's so many bands that sound like that, and there's a lot of stuff that just, you know, like you said, it just kind of meanders and there's no real point, and you don't, like you said, you don't trust them, you know? Well, I mean, I've never felt like, I never felt like ISIS was one of those bands. I always felt like ISIS was just that band that wanted to be fucking punishingly heavy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, wanted to be loud, and that's that's awesome that they want to be, like, the loud band. Yeah. I never I never saw them or listened to them going being like, they're being very, like, every, they know every single note they're playing and why they're playing. Like, every single note has a reason. Sure. You know? and whereas, like, listening to, like, the older explosions in the Sky Records and getting into them when I did, I felt like they were that band that were writing songs where, like, every single note had purpose. You know? So. Yeah. Uh, so very... To that, to that, I give them a little more credit than they might be due, but I, I, I'll, I'll definitely am willing to let things slide when it comes to explosions in the sky with how they write and and what they make. So. Sure, got it. I think that's a compliment. I like. I agree. I, that rules. That I can trust them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they know yeah. what they're doing. <laughs> to- totally, totally. What uh, would you think of the record, Joey? Um, I liked it. I've I've liked this band. I've pretty much liked I think every record. Um, you were you were the reason that I got into this band originally, Joey. Really? Yeah, I mean I just remember you oh. br- I just remember you bringing the records home when you worked at Bionic and were like, "Hey Ray, like there's this band that's touring with Trail of Dead. Um you should check these guys out." And I I, I just remember being like, "Oh, okay." And then I listened to them shortly after it and it was like, "Huh. They're a good band." Well, you're welcome. Yes, thank um, you. But so you know, I've I've followed them with every record, and I like this record. I think I, um, opposite of Evan, I actually think I like the last record a little bit more. But I haven't spent as much time with this one yet. Um, I think they there's a like they started maybe experimenting a little. I mean, it still sounds like explosions in the sky, but it sounds like they're kind of trying to throw in. Like there was one song, I think it's the third song, where there's. I mean, it's not like lyrics or anything, but there's actually like they're using voices as like an it, like an extra another instrument. Yeah, and you know what? That song reminded me of a. Uh, you guys ever listen to the Appleseed Cast? Oh yeah, yeah. It reminded me a lot of like later Appleseed Cast, like before they really started to suck. Okay. Like, <laughs> like right, right around like uh, Peregrine, like right when the the good drummer left, and then Homeboy from the Casket Lottery came in, who I also love as a drummer, but maybe not as a drummer for them. Right. So. Um, but like that style of stuff, like just very, you know, post rock, but still like pop songs. Sure, sure. So that one, I felt like that was a step in a weird direction for Explosions in the Sky to write sort of a, uh, almost like a pop song. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it though. I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I think stands out about this record is I don't know if anyone's seen the, the vinyl, the packaging. Unreal. Holy, yeah, holy shit. I think that they, I'm assuming they had other labels that were like, hey, we want to put out your record. We love Friday Night Lights. And Temporary Residence probably is like, we'll let you do whatever you want. And they're like, <laughs> okay, here you go. It, yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I you, you, you probably got yours, your pre order yesterday as well? Yes. Yeah. It's, I, Did you yeah. Pull out the poster? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I can't believe all the shit that's in there. It's like, it, basically, it's like creating your own house. Like, I, I just, I've never seen anything like it. Wait, you build yeah. your own house with the poster? 
and the layout like it's like a four panel like I can't it's it's basically it's really difficult to describe just because I've really like never seen very much like it. I mean <laughs> it it opens up into like a plus sign. Okay. Uh and then it's got this fold out poster that's probably 36 by 36. Um it's it's insane. I mean if, if you can get your hands on one, definitely check it out. And Ray, did you get the the colored vinyl? I did. Um those colors are awesome. Yeah, they made they made one of the vine. Well, they have it's three sides, or it's a double yeah. LP. It's double LP, three sides, and one of it, the other side, is an etching. And they made the etching look like a wood floor, and it's just like it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah. Um, so well done. Well done. But they, well, well done. Vinyl. The artwork's always been cool. Been cool. Yeah, they've on the always records, had. But this they've one, always had good artwork. Yeah. This this one might take the cake. Yes. It's yeah. It's pretty unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think you would enjoy it if you were a fan of vinyl, and it sounds like you are. I I am. I wish I had photos I could send you. I'm like <laughs> proud. I like how you just had a baby 11 days ago. I have a record collection, and I can. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I, show. I keep it in my wallet and show it to people that I need. It's well. It's pretty funny because then if that if that's your definition, then I have two kids as well. So. <laughs> And and I and I have a then I I have three kids with my dogs in my records so that's, um, that's I guess I, I just got, I took I yeah you have I got three I got three as well um, I I took a, I even took a picture of my records uh, boxed up today ready for the movie. <laughs> yeah and then I'll, and then I'll take a picture of yeah every it's like they're growing up it's like the first day of school I'll take a picture when they they're in their new house um, I, uh, when I excited exciting to Chicago is the same thing. I boxed them all up and took a photo of them in the boxes and then a photo of them in the boxes in the van and then <laughs> them into the new apartment. You know, yeah. Oh, that's, it's, wow, this is so nerdy. It's, it's too I had bad. To buy, I had to buy the matching, I had to buy matching Ikea shelves on Craigslist for them. <laughs> you know, and would turn I, down buying other shelves because they weren't the same colors. You know, and then, <laughs> oh, oh man, that's we're we're definitely we're definitely sa- the same people. <laughs> I took apart my, my I took apart my IKEA shelf today. We'll see if it holds up when yeah. I put it you back know, together. Ship, they ship really well. It's it's a shame Scott doesn't collect anything. He collects um, iPhone apps. <laughs> um, he collects he collects money. Why would I need? Only spend what I can. It's very true. Scott Scott's a Scott's a minimalist. <laughs> What would you say, Evan? Does God just slam a gavel when he was done saying that? <laughs> hammer, hammer at home, Scott. <laughs> Ju- <laughs> it's it's definitely Judge Scott. That makes sense. Um, yeah, as far as my opinion of the record, I definitely... I think I lie somewhere in between Joey and Evan. Um, like I, I mean, I definitely enjoy this band uh, in ways that a lot of other bands just, you know, don't mean anything to me. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say this band's like one of my favorites of all time, but they're definitely up there. Um, <clears throat> I think this record is. I like it better than the last one, um, but like not by a tremendous amount. Um, I definitely found myself listening to this one more than the last one. Um, but that always isn't the biggest indication with me because sometimes I just don't listen to a record for a while and then listen to the hell out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean this this 
Evan hit the nail on the head as far as like you trust the band like wherever they're going to take you you know that it will be a pleasant journey and it will be one that's like worth your time in spending um and I just you know it's great to hear a band of this nature be able to be so successful um with what they do just because obviously so much of this stuff is um you know uh, it can be very vanilla where it's like you know a band that plays this type of music can easily be forgotten about but explosions in the sky have been able to you know create their own uh you know fan base and be able to do something special so i like the record it's good i don't know how they're gonna beat earth is not a cold dead place i don't know how they could write a record better than that like yeah. I, personally if i wrote that record i and that was it like i put that record out i'd be like all right, I, I'm done. <laughs> that's it. Game over. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, that's that's it's always it's always tough for bands to be in that position where it's like they write an amazing record, then it's like, how do we top that? <laughs> it's not even like it's not even like the other records aren't good because the other records are good. Yeah. But that record is seriously fucking incredible. Like an unbelievable record. Like I can't even put into words how outrageously good that record is. So yeah. it's like they've set the bar so unbelievably high that there's no way to to get it back. Yeah, I agree. We rate the records on a five star system, Evan. So, um, what would what would you give uh, what would you give the Explosions in the Sky record star wise? Can you do half stars? Hell yeah. I'd give it a three and a half or a four. Oh, okay. Right in between, actually, a three point seven five. A three and a half trending to four. Yeah. Got it. We like we love the trending. It's like we're a stock market. Um, Scott, what about yourself? I give it a a soft two point five. Okay. <laughs> These are such no, none of us none of us give straight numbers anymore. We're always like uh... <laughs> there's a, there's always a story to go with it. <laughs> Joey, Joey, what's your story? <laughs> uh, I'd give it a three and a half, but I'm gonna give it but I'm gonna bump it up to a four because of the packaging. Oh, I I I back that. Um, I I would hold I would probably hold on. Let's talk about this. At a certain point, doesn't the packaging become a gimmick and take away from the record? No, no, Scott. Being someone who you just don't understand, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love how you just jumped all over for that. No, 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 no. <laughs> you have no idea. The packaging is such a big deal. That's that's like the coolest part of owning the record. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's well, that's why I didn't buy it on iTunes, Scott. That's why I spent like twenty five dollars or whatever it cost. Yeah, right. it was it was pricey. Dick. I mean, I, will. I, I, you gotta give, I, you gotta give some, you gotta give you gotta give them credit for for doing that. It's a whole thing, you know what I mean? I don't know. I I've, I've never bought a record on iTunes in my life. I don't even think I. I well, well uh, first going back going back to our talk about how I I'm completely uh, technologically inept. I don't even know if I know how to buy a record on iTunes if I tried. But, uh, Evan, you should know that I, I did have a very large record collection that was purged a few years ago. I, I'm not coming at this. And that's well, you, so, you sold all your Zao records and Underoath records. Whoa. Strong arm. And... Dude, it's like that guy that well, they, where, like, they sing, they do that reverse breathing scream. They're like, <laughs> like that shit. <laughs> No, Scott. Scott had a lot of artistic records. I, I just wanted to bring up a deeper conversation, but I see you guys don't want to go there. No, no, no. It's I fun. want to talk about it, Scott. I want to talk about it. What did? What did? What was your? What did you? What did you collect? What, was, what did you collect mostly? Um, I my well, when I purged all my records, the ones that came 
that were most expensive when I eBayed them were like a bunch of Hydrahead and Southern Lord metal records. Okay, got so big money for those. So those both have elaborate packaging, but it seemed like yeah. I was collecting them more as an object and not as like an album. And I'm wondering, as an artist, if you feel that that sort of cheats the um, what you're doing, the music part of it. Right. I mean, I always felt like that way about. I mean, I was never crazy about, you know, like Son or Boris or or Pelican or you know, like I mean, I like those bands, but I was never like obsessed with them. And I feel like a lot of my friends who did a, uh, a lot more drugs than I do <laughs> were really into them. Um, but yeah, when I I, I went through a thing earlier this year where I was trying to get out of credit debt, so I was selling a lot of stuff, and that was uh, I purged maybe like a quarter of my collection. And a lot of the stuff I sold, that was the first stuff that I sold was the like the Hydrahead, Southern Lord, um, you know, like old, my old Earth records and stuff like that. Like that was the first stuff to go. So it's eBay gold. I mean, it was for a little while. It's not really anymore. No, I don't know what I don't know what happened to it. It goes in waves, that's for sure. Uh, I, I think I would agree with you as far as my own star rating, Joey. I, w- I would give it a four as well. Spectacular packaging and the music is great. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna move on to the uh, title fight record <clears throat> next. Uh, it's called Shed, and uh, let's check a little bit of it out. All right, yeah, this is uh, Title Fight's official first full length. This is a, um, I, I dare say, one of the most anticipated records of this year. I think Alternative Press would agree with me <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. I, I agree. That's dude, them, and, them and Black Veil Brides, dude. <laughs> but, hey, cut. Same, same style. <laughs> wow, that was, you knocked that one out of the park. Um,. So yeah, title fight. Uh, most most anybody that pays attention to independent music probably has heard of the dudes by now. Um, from the Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Doylestown. Well, nope. yeah, Doylestown. no. Do, I, I always say Doylestown because that's where obviously all the this day forward dudes are from. And so, anyways, yeah, they, they would they would jump down your throat if you said Doylestown. I know. My bad. Sorry, yeah, title fight. Doylestown is the cushiest fucking white collar town in Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's Grant, Grant Wilkes there is, is the most fucking weird tooth, wonky eyed, blue collar, fucking hard living. <laughs> <laughs> just, just hard living. <laughs> that's that's all right. That's good to know. Well, then I, I apologize in advance to title fight. I don't know why I said Doylestown. My bad. <clears throat> um, You're thinking about exposure. About exposure. Oh, okay. There you go. Um. So yeah, this uh, this is our first full length, and uh, it's got released on Side One Dummy. <clears throat> After pretty much every label in the world tried to sign these guys, um, 
I pr- I'm pretty sure that you at one point tried to sign them, Joey. I'm pretty sure Scott tried to resurrect his old record label to sign them. What about Fat Possum? Did Fat Possum try to? <clears throat> Quite possibly. If they knew who they were, then they probably would have. They were busy with they were busy with Dumpy Mudwater Records. <laughs> good old Dumpy. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for some new material soon. Side One Dummy was able to win the uh, the bidding war, and um, we'll see what sort of successes come with this band because uh, their, traje- their trajectory is uh, is going up. What were you going to say, Scott? If you guys had to put a number on what you think they might have got for their first record, what do you think it may be? Metal fight? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going would... to throw out a number and you say high or low. Okay, do that. I'm going to say $20,000. Low. High. Really? So high. I thought they got I thought they would got what, the, more than that. To record the record? Just All just in. as the as their, as their advance, yeah. Oh, I don't know if there's an advance. I don't even know what that means, what that term means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I love it, Evan. That's so good. Try to play along, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> I think I personally. I would, I would, I, have, to say, I would have to say one million space blocks. Nice. That's probably what they got. I would. I would probably guess Scott. Um, probably in the vicinity of anywhere between forty to fifty, I'd say. Wow. That's so much well, money. What are you gonna yeah. do? Are you gonna, I just, you're gonna go to the bank and cash it as one. Whoa. And spread it around on your bank. Around in it. Yeah. Wait, we, had, oh, we were. Oh, I gotta tell you guys this story real quick before I forget, because I'm gonna forget, and the story's incredible. Okay. So, <laughs> we played a show in, uh, where were we? We were in like Georgia, in like Atlanta or something. And the kid came to the show and he had all this money. And he's trying to, he's trying to get rid of all of his money. He's like, what other merch can I buy with my money? And we're like, dude, what are you? Why are you getting rid of your money? Like, what? You don't need your money for anything else. Like, why? You, like, it just seemed, it seemed weird that someone would be spending so freely at a show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what else can I buy? Like, I have all this money. What do I do with it? And he, you know, in his early 20s, dude, how, where'd you get all this money from? And he was saying how his identity was stolen and how he had to take all – he doesn't, didn't trust banks anymore, so he took all of his money out of his banks. And so he had about six grand to last him for the summer because he'd been working all year. And now he doesn't have any money in his banks, and cash is just, like, sitting on his uh, dresser just hanging out so he doesn't know what to do with it. So he's just spending it on everything. But he said at one point he took all the money out of the bank. He got it all in one, and he filled his <laughs> bathtub and just hung out in his bathtub and got photos of him in his money bathtub just kicking it. <laughs> so wow! I, I can only I can only imagine uh, title fight in Ben Russin's giant uh, like whirlpool hot tub that he has at his parents' house with you know thirty G's in one. <laughs> I, I, re- I really hope that photo comes out and then all the uh, hardcore kids rebel against Title Fight and say they're sellouts. Dude, those they dudes are, are my boys. They already, like, got, those they already boys. got that with Side One Dummy. That's true, that's true. Yeah, they are sellouts. Those Title Fight dudes have worked hard this year for everything they have. I'm real stoked for them. So, like, yeah. I, hope they know, I hope they know that when I'm, when I'm teasing them on First World Problems, it's, because I'm, it's one, because I'm jealous. <laughs> and because my boys <laughs> yeah for sure for sure um i'll go ahead and start things off uh i i really like the record i didn't i i heard prior to the record coming out i heard like 
four or five songs that they demoed for a few different labels and it was re- I I don't know it was really weird hearing those songs and then hearing kind of where they ended up on the record um I mean the band definitely just does the whole sort of I don't know poppy punk thing with influences that you know date back to the mid 90s um with obviously like all the you know mid 90 revelation bands from like you know Texas Threes and Sensefield that type of stuff um and then they obviously put their own unique twist on it um and I think why obviously people like it so much is because it does span you know people that are our age you know from like I'm 30 Joey's 31 I know Evan you're around the 27ish age that we can we can get into it and not feel like you know we're um have a frame of reference for it as opposed to just like who is this band where do they come from like it, it just doesn't make any sense so um I really like the record I think the band is going to obviously continue to raise in popularity and um uh, like Evan was saying I think they deserve it as well. Joey, what about yes. you? What you what do you think? Um so the first time I heard the record I was not super into it. But then I realized that that was stupid and I need to keep listening to it. So I did. <laughs> and I've listened to it many times now and it uh it has definitely grown on me and I really like it. Um I think it's different enough from the earlier stuff. I mean, it's kind of just in line with like the good progression from Kingston to the last record, which I, the last thing you'll, whatever, um, to now. I think it's a, a good, solid progression. From the moment I heard the Kingston 7-inch, I said, this band likes Model Ground Bike, and people told me I was crazy. And listening to this record now, I hear a lot more Small Brown Bike, so fuck you to everyone who said that I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That sounds that sounds bitter. <laughs> who, who said you were wrong? I don't, lots of people, when, when, when Kingston came out, because there, there was parts on a song that were just like, holy crap, this sounds like Small Brown Bike, and people were like, no, what are you talking about? Uh, I and agree with record, you. I, I think this record is very Small Brown Bike influenced. Uh, I, I feel you. I feel you on that. You're not dumb. Uh, so no, I thank you, Ray. You're um, welcome. I've been saying that for years. I never get any credit. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I I love it. Um, I think that they're great dudes who, like both of you said, deserve success. So I hope that people pay attention to them, and I hope this record does um, what's what I think it's expected. Because I think there's probably a lot of pressure on them because yeah. there's so much anticipation. So, but I think you know the tour they're doing. Uh, in May and June, I think is going to be uh, pretty ridiculous. So, considering the fact that I think I know where Evan sits with the record, I would love to hear Scott give us an opinion that maybe is slightly different than all of ours. <laughs> I, mean, I think my—I don't know if my opinion would—I don't think you know exactly what my opinion is. Oh, Evan, uh, I know yeah, you. Right? I, I know you inside and out, Evan. Okay, no, Evan, feel kidding. free to go ahead. <laughs> okay, Evan, no, go ahead. Just- Scott's currently You're listening first. to the record for the first time, so. <laughs> okay, so I don't tell the guys in the band, but I got the leak like two or three weeks before you sent me the record the other hey, night. Hey, hey, and, Evan. Uh, um, yeah. Evan, can I interrupt you real quick? I don't know if you know this, but um, you're not just recording this for the four of us, so continue. Um, no, I know. People- that was. That was- <laughs> that, that was the Joey. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, no, see that, that I was playing. I was playing into the joke. It's, yeah, yeah. It's called comedy. You wouldn't understand. 
Oh, you figured, you figured you'd make it more unfunny, and that would go in the full oh, yeah, that's funny. Gotcha. <laughs> Guys, I'm getting a bad connection. I gotta go. <laughs> to me, it sounded like, in, compar- in comparison to the older stuff, it sounded like instead of writing songs and then adding vocals to it later, they wrote songs with vocals at the same time. And that okay. they were writing within what they were capable of really performing live and performing live well, as opposed to writing songs that were either too difficult or too uh, too much to play live and have it sound great. They decided to like just do what they could live and then record what they could live. And I feel like that made a way better, more cohesive effort and something that's probably going to be way better to go see. So I thought it was the smart move, and I thought it was more exciting for me to listen to a bunch of just, like, ripping, you know, pop-punk songs instead of... Because I feel like there's some stuff on, like, their first couple of seven inches that are just, like, uh, what's that lead that's, like... That thing. And, uh, I mean, that's an awesome song, but I feel like that's... It wasn't as cohesive as, like, the stuff they just did, like, the seven inch right before the LP and then the LP. And to me, that sounds like more of like a, a band with direction than like a pop punk band writing songs or just trying to see how much a band can rip. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. No. Like, I, I, I hear you. Got you. I got you. We can. I, I'm like rambling now, but it's like, oh, look at the riffs we can write. It's like, I don't care, man. I just want to hear good songs. And it's like now they're. I think they're focusing more on writing good songs. What do you think of the record, <laughs> Scott? Uh, not a fan of the record. Shocking. Uh, it reminded me of eighth grade, uh, <laughs> and I didn't give it too much of a chance because of that. Yeah, fair enough. I we fair enough. when we when we were picking the record to review, I think both Joey and I knew that this would not be something that you could find anything that you really liked at all. And, and it should be nominated for maybe all time worst cover. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I mean, tongue in cheek is one thing, but yeah, they they they've had the same guy do all of their artwork, like the sort of like cut and paste, weird object type thing. Um, I'm not the hugest fan of. It. I like the the cover of their uh, the last thing you'll forget or some the last thing you'll remember, but, or whatever the yeah. Star wise, uh, what would you give it, Joey? Uh, I think I'd probably give it right now, say three and a half, but it's definitely trending to, towards a four. Uh, Scott, I know that this record wouldn't be really fair for you to grade. One and three quarter. <laughs> trend, okay. Trending toward nothing. <laughs> no. Fair, fair enough. Uh, Evan, what would you give it star-wise? I'd give it a three. Cool. I'd give it, uh, I'd give it a three and a half as well. Um, and it's a solid three and a half. I don't know if it's going up or down yet. This episode of First World Problems is brought to you by Melatov Records and their new release from Calculator. It's a 7-inch coming out that's called New Forms in June, and the song we're going to listen to is called Drawing Circles. The band will be on tour with the Saddest Landscape and will also be playing the Sound and Fury Festival and they will have limited edition covers for that festival, so check it out. 
This is a really good 7-inch. I fully endorse it. For more information, visit facebook.com backslash Melatov Records. All right, now we are to the interview portion of our podcast. And uh, again, Evan, thank you for spending a lovely evening with us over Skype. Let's go ahead and dive right in and start to ask these really probing questions of you. I know a lot of people that have uh, have obviously done like the whole singer-songwriter thing, and they genuinely seem to hate that label just because obviously it puts them in a corner where it's like, okay, dude, I can only play like coffee shops and I always have to be, um, you know, like by myself or whatever the case may be. I know you have obviously done a bunch of different stuff with, uh, you know, into it over it. Um, but does that label kind of bum you out where it's like, Oh, Evan, he's a singer songwriter. Um, no, my favorite, my favorite one is, uh, quote unquote acoustic guy. That's the, that's my favorite one that I get. It's like, oh, and yeah, so it'll be this band, this band, and then acoustic guy, and then that band, that band. You know, and it's like, all right, dude. <laughs> like, I didn't choose, I didn't choose to not have a band. It was kind of like, I wrote these songs, and then decided I wanted to start playing shows, but then couldn't find three other people that could tour whenever I could, and wasn't going to wait around to find three other people to do that. That I want to be touring ten months a year, you know, and to be able to, to be able to tell people that, to be able to go to three people to try to find three people that would want first want to play the song, two don't mind hanging out with my dumbass, and then three uh, would be willing to do it with little or nothing to show for it is really unfair. So I've kind of thought about how I would feel about getting people to play those songs and like basically quit their lives to go on tour when I can't compensate them at all. And it doesn't make any sense to me, and it's not something that I feel comfortable doing. So I, that's the reason why I haven't toured with the band is simply because I can't afford to tour with them. Yeah. And uh, I, I just can't afford, I can't afford to pay people out. Like, I can't afford to pay people's rent to go on tour, which is something that I want to do. That's something that's, like, really important to me. The, uh, the other thing I've always wondered about people that have obviously been able to do what you've done and, you know, like you said, tour on your own, um, how how awesome is it to tour on your own? Because I always know, I mean, I've only to ever toured with a band and, you know, obviously four or five other people. And I know Joey has done the same thing and Scott has toured with bands as well. Um, so we all have, ex- we all have experience with touring, but is it awesome to just tour by yourself or is it kind of just lonely at the same time? You know what it is? It's, uh, I think the grass is always greener on the other side. I think you, because I've that's all I've ever done too is touring in bands like up until this year, so yeah. yeah, like when you get used to it, and especially like touring in bands where like stay ahead of the weather, like we're four best friends, and when we did our winter tour, it was stay ahead of the weather and all the guys in Castavet who are basically like the same group of friends in one van playing shows, and that was the most fun I've ever had on tour in my entire life was with that tour. So when you think about that and you think about getting along with the people that you're in a band with and enjoying the time together, that makes such a big part of it. Like, really, Intuit Over tours are a lot of NPR and coffee, singing along to Katy Perry on the radio. That's that's really what Intuit Over tours are like. Like, I've only done a couple tours where maybe maybe one of the person was able to come or wanted to come. And uh, so, I mean, usually it's just me alone in my car. Yeah. Do people... You just- Gives you some time. Gives you some time to think and reflect, but it doesn't really, you know, 
and it puts you in kind of interesting situations sometimes, but it doesn't really uh, have the same camaraderie that a that a full band tour would have. Do, but I definitely keep... know what you're talking. About. You're on tour. You're on tour with the same dudes for like eight months, and then you, all you want to do is choke out everyone else in the band around you. You sure. kind of wish you had your own car to just fucking cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why that's why Metallica tours in like seven different buses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, do do people ever try to pay you less, like guarantee wise, just because you they know you are one dude? And you're like, hey, he's just driving around a car; he doesn't have that much expenses. Yeah, that's happened. That's, <laughs> I just that's happened sometimes. Yeah, I, I could just easily see promoters being like, well, yeah, you're just one dude; you're not a whole band. I mean, you know. <laughs> Man, this okay. So this is a good story about our last tour. I was out with this band, Moving Mountains. We had a show. Uh, we had a show in like Little Rock, Arkansas, and then the next night was in New Orleans. Moving Mountains breaks down on the way to New Orleans, so I'm the only one on our tour package that can get to the show in New Orleans. Um, the same night in the same venue, they had double booked, and it was Caspian and Native also on the show. So it's supposed to be me, Caspian, Native, Moving Mountains, and then a couple locals. And uh, and Native are like are really good friends from around here. Like they're you know Bobby from Native was in today ahead of the weather when we started it. Like I've known those dudes forever. I'm a big fan of Caspian. And uh, when so we show up to the show and the way the promoter decided to do it was to split the shows into two rooms. There'd be like a small room with me and Moving Mountains, and then the big room, the thousand cap room, they'd put Caspian and Native in, which was just completely absurd that they would put those two bands in a thousand cap room. It's completely unbelievable. There were 75 people in it. It looked like there was nobody in there. <laughs> but they were like, so they were like, yeah, I heard about moving mountains canceling. So we're just gonna put you alone in the small room because you're just by yourself, right? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah. So we're just gonna put you in the small room, no sweat, alone, and then we'll put the rest of the show in the big room. And I'm kind of like, well, hey, you know, it's just me. Like, is there a way I can play in between, you know, two of the bands? And it's like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know if we can do that. I don't know if we can fit you in in there. <laughs> I, don't, don't you think it'd be better if you were just in the small room by yourself? <laughs> like, didn't give a fuck that I was there. I wanted to completely forget about the fact that I was had to play this show in the first place. Like, oh, who's this fucking asshole that was on this package that I had to book? Like, you know, and yeah. gave me a big forward finger. So eventually, he's like, he's like, he goes, all right, you know what, man? I'm, I'll, I'll throw you a bone. I'll put one of the local bands in the small room with you. <laughs> and, oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> you're like dude you just made my night that's amazing thanks yeah so and then he, when people came into the show he, he did not tell them that there was because you'd pay once and then you could walk between both shows or like they, and he like staggered the bill so it was like band and bigger and band and smaller band and bigger and band and smaller and band and bigger like that and uh but he didn't tell anybody that there was a small room so nobody went even bothered to go into the other rooms so me and the local <laughs> band played the, the ch- each other basically, and, like, the dudes from Native who came in. And, uh, you know, and that was that. He didn't even come in to, like, do the sound. Like, he was the only guy who could do the sound, but he didn't come in to do the sound when neither of us played. Like, I had to set up a PA in the other room and, oh, you know, geez. make sure that it... <laughs> well, so hold, at the end of the hold, night, he's going, to pay out, he's going to pay out the bands at the end of the night. And uh, and I had to go up to Caspian and Native's tour managers because I was all by myself. And I had to be like, hey, I'm going to get fucked by this guy. And uh, can you make sure that I don't get fucked. And so all three of us go up to the guy to, to square up at the end of the night. And uh, and he was definitely trying to pull one of those, like, oh, well, we'll pay, you know, oh, well, we weren't going to pay 
Like, I think he wasn't going to pay me at all. And then when they yeah. were like, well, how are you repaying how are you, how are you over it? And he was kind of like, oh, uh, you know, and had to kind of backtrack on his words. And then he gave Caspian's store manager a burned copy of his band CD. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, cla- classic, classic, tu- classic tour move right there. <clears throat> yeah, the Howling Wolf, New Orleans, New Orleans Louisiana. If that right. dude's listening, fuck. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, are you a- are are you able to now um, just concentrate on music? Like, are you able to make enough in between, like on tour, to last you in between tours and kind of you know be able to survive off of that? Yeah. You know what I am. I, uh, I earlier this year I wasn't able to, and um, I was like, like earlier I was saying how I had to sell like a quarter of my record collection this year. That was like a big part of like keeping me sustaining through the fall. But I've done a good job of being able to stagger the tours, uh, in such a way where I come home and I'll have like a little bit of money to be able to live for, you know, maybe half a month to a month, and then go back out again, and then come back home you know, a month and a half, a month later and have enough money to survive for like the next couple of weeks. So I'm not making, I'm not making enough to like, you know, I'm not making Bank. a lot of money. I'm making enough yeah. money to, I'm you're, you're not money to starve to death, you know? Right. You're, you're not, you're not bankrolling yourself. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's been, that's been good. I know this next, these next few months are going to be hard because they come back from this tour that I'm about, I leave for tour on Thursday and I come back in the beginning of June and then it's, only about another week or so before I start recording my record. And then I'm not going anywhere all of uh, June, July, or August. So I have to figure, I'm going to have to get a job. I'm, gonna, I'm going to have to get a job. Right. <laughs> or you're going to have to sell uh, blood or plasma. Right. That's what, uh, that's what the former Thieves dudes got. Dudes, uh, that's what they do. Oh, really? Yeah, they sell their plasma like every two weeks. Nice. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, fortunately, I don't think any blood banks listen to our podcast, so I think we're okay. Well, I mean, they do it legally. <laughs> Most people I know know you from the, you know, Into It Over It stuff as far as the extremely ambitious project of you being like, yo, I'm going to record a song a week for the entire year. Um, does it... it, it is it bothersome that people obviously just continue to like know you as that, or have you been able to kind of grow past that since you've released other music that you know has obviously grown past the idea of just like, oh, that's a novelty, rather than oh, that takes actual talent to write fifty-two songs within a year. Yeah, I mean, when I did that initially, what's funny is when I was doing when I started that project because it was free for the first year that I was doing it, like a year and six months, it was a free thing. You could go on the website and there'd be lyrics and a link and you could download the song for each week. And uh, and the website was just left up. When it was all finished, you could go and download all 52 songs if you wanted to. Just go there and check them out. And, uh, but when I met Chris at No Sleep, I was doing, I was at like week four. And it was the Get Stoked On It Wonder Year CD release show in New Jersey. It was like a block from my house, my parents' house. So um, that's when I met him the first time, and I was like, "Hey, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm doing this thing. Like, it's free download. Let's go check it out, or whatever." And he like basically stayed with it through the entire thing, and then when it was done, wanted to put it out. I don't think it's. I don't know if I've grown past it because I still write the same way. Like, those, right. I still write songs the same way I did then, and 
Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm stoked when people hear about it. What, the only thing I get bummed about is that people will find out about it and then not know how it started or, like, how it was a free thing at first and how old those songs are. Like, you know, the first song was written September 2007. Yeah. So, you know, that's, you know, four years ago, you know, so it was, like, almost four years ago. So it's sure. kind of like, a, you know, I want people to just, you know, hear the newest stuff possible and... Like that such gold split that we just put out or in the process of putting out. I recorded those songs in two thousand nine. Well, yeah, that because that's been sitting sitting around just waiting to come out for like you know two years. Yeah. <clears throat> so when, those, even when people think those songs are new, it's like no, these aren't new. Like, uh... <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> because all all of those splits that you've done are also part of the same an, another project that you've done as far as like the. Um, the town series, or I don't know what you're actually calling it, but you you write yeah. you write a different song about a different town. Yeah, we uh, recorded recorded twelve songs pretty much at once, and then uh, and they kind of just got spread across six splits that were um, they were all seven inches, they were all limited to five hundred, and they were all with really good friends of mine. And then we had like five, we had six different friends do uh, the artwork or the photography or you know lay it out like. And four to five different labels put them out. So it was kind of like this big community-wide effort of labels that were friends, bands that were friends, artists that were friends, just trying to promote as many people in one project as possible. And yeah. kind, of make, kind of making it fun and collectible at the same time. So that was, that was kind of the purpose of that. Yeah. No, I could, I could easily see where people would look at you doing that and then obviously you doing the 52-week you know, thing and be like, dude, all... This this guy is just into novelties. Like this guy is just into like you know creative marketing of himself rather than the actual music. But then obviously now, you you know hitting the road and doing what you're doing, you're showing people that you're more than that. Or I mean maybe people are still assuming that. I'm not exactly sure. I mean I haven't seen negative I mean, feedback. Can, I mean they can assume it if they they can assume it if they want. It's so much easier to write a song when you have something concrete that you know you're going to be writing a song about. You know yeah. like. To, to know that you have to write about a story from each week, or to know that you have to write about a story from a certain town, like that, that makes it so much easier to write. So it's almost like it's just kind of setting guidelines for myself to organize my songwriting a little bit better. Kind of hitting on that uh, idea of you know community that you were talking about, as far as you know all the different labels releasing your stuff. Um, the you know I a lot of the stuff that you do whether it's like releases or tours that you do um, is with an eclectic bunch of artists. I mean, especially with like, you know, you touring and being friends with like former thieves who obviously sound like botch, you know, where clearly the music that you play and the music that they play are sonically drastically different. Um, I've noticed, especially over the course of the past few years that kids, even though kids say that they like a bunch of different stuff, like, you know, they'll be like, Oh, I love Katy Perry. And I love, you know, whatever isis like there's there's you know a sense of irony with a lot of the music that kids like these days um do you feel that kids are actually paying attention to different styles of music when you know you do like you are playing a show with former thieves and you know do you see do you sense and do you see kids that are like being like yo fuck this guy with the acoustic guitar or vice versa where you know your fans come to the show and they're like Dude, this band is way too loud. Um, you know, do you do you see that kind of happening at all? Oh yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I mean that absolutely happens. People definitely 
gravitate to stuff that they like and then stick with it. But it's like, I know I'm not that dude. Like, I'm the kind of dude, I, you know, I like the stuff that, I like the stuff that I write and the stuff, like, or, you know, I don't know, I like everything. Yeah. Like, I grew up in a, in a house that was full of, you know, 80s punk and hardcore, and I, you know, which led me into grunge, which led me into emo, which led me into, like, mid-90s hardcore, which led me into, you know, everything. So if I'm like that, and the guys in Former Thieves are like that, or the guys in, uh, you know, any other hardcore band that I would play a show with, or any other emo band that I would play a show with, or any other style of music that I would play a show with, could be like that. Like if Koji is like that, or if, uh, you know, the Such Gold guys are like that, then it's like, if we're all like that, then there's got to be other people that are like that too. Like we can't be the only one. It's not just, <laughs> it's not just musicians that like m- multiple different kinds of music, you know? So... I know with the Former Thieves thing in particular, we get the biggest kick out of people that get pissed off that the two of us will play shows together or tour together. Like that's, the, that's the biggest, like, the biggest funny, awesome thing for us is just to see people be like, what? You know, like, oh, get it, you know, and to see people scratching their heads. Like, that, that gives us the most immense amount of satisfaction. And, yeah. uh, so... Yeah. No, I mean that 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 makes sense. I mean, you're not you're not just trying to be the band's bands like you you know, you see the bleed over where certain kids can obviously get into your stuff that may be into completely different stuff, but I just know that I mean there I've especially noticed there is obviously kids that, you know, say they like every style of music and, you know, there's a bunch of ironic bands that they like just for the sake of saying that they like different music. So my favorite my favorite shit is um like well, that form of these, the first form of these story I did it was both of our first tours and we were kind of like, well, we're friends and we get along really well. So let's, you know, I'd known a few of them from before they started that band. And, uh, it was kind of like, Oh, well I'll just jump in the band. You got 20 days. And then eight months later we did it again just because it was like, Oh, it was really fun the last time. Let's do it again this time. And it was me and them and pianos become the teeth. So, Imagine me with those two bands. <laughs> and, you know, and like all the shows were playing. But it was cool because the promoters knew that I was on the bill and would, were awesome about intermixing like heavier bands with melodic bands and stuff like that and making sure that the shows were well, really well diverse and booked appropriately. So it was pretty cool that like, I think it's a, I think the way that our scene is moving right now, enough people are familiar with everything that's a part of it to be able to book appropriately and to know what they're getting in for when they see a show coming. You know, like, they know that certain bands sound a certain, like, certain bands sound a certain way and they could put together loosely if there's, like, a bridge to the gap at the show, like a local band that bridges the gap somehow or, or uh, you know, another touring band that would bridge the gap. Like, yeah. And I grew up, and what's funny is I grew up in hardcore, so for me to talk about hardcore during my set or to reference things that kids at the show would understand was really easy. And it was definitely like once you prove to them that you're one of them, then they don't they don't feel so lame watching the dude play acoustic guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not just some wussy kid that obviously is getting up there and singing about stuff that they shouldn't care about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's once they once they realize that you're you know you're just a dude and you're exactly like them and you listen to the same shit they do and you fucking can talk about the same stuff they can. It's like once they realize you're on the level. That respect just makes such a difference, you know. Yeah, no, definitely that makes sense. And plus, I plus I just keep it real constant. When I, I don't know, <laughs> watching an over show is like just basically watching me talk shit for forty five minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs>
That's good. That's good. So kids who listen to heavier music can respect that level of cynicism and uh, and uh, disrespect for everything around them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cyn- cyn- cynicism shows no bounds. <laughs> um, the the other thing I've noticed, especially about you know your musical styling, it I'm really reminded of a lot of the bands like you have such a distinct Midwest sound where it's like, uh, I hear a lot of, um, I, I've compared you to like people that I've been like, oh yeah, if you like uh, Christy Front Drive. I don't know if you are, are yeah, personally... Like, dude, uh, Stereo Sound is one of my favorite records ever made. Yeah. Like, that's, it, a really good, that's a really good compliment. I actually, Usually I get like Piebald or I'll get, uh, I get Weaker Thans every now and then. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I get, um, I've gotten Texas is the Reason, I've gotten Braid, I've gotten, you know, like any yeah. myriad of of the uh, 90s emo thing. Yeah. Front Drive is a, is a really big compliment, actually. Thank you. Good. I don't fuck <laughs> around. Um, the, uh, but I just find it, I mean, because obviously, like you were saying, you were raised, you know, you were raised in New Jersey. I know you lived in Philly for a while. Um, but, you know, your sound definitely hits, like I said, the Midwest. Because there's honestly something so distinct about what those bands in, you know, like bands like Mineral and that type of stuff, like, I don't think bands like Mineral and Christy Front Drive could have existed in California or could have existed in New York. Um, so I just find it interesting, like that you have that type of sound, even though you obviously came from you know different regional territories. Um, yeah. Was it just basically because you were listening to those bands that kind of just bled into what you were doing? I don't know. I mean, living in South New Jersey is a lot like living in the Midwest. I think it's suburban sprawl. You have a major city kind of near you. And, uh, but everything still moves kind of slow. You know, you're growing up around farms and growing up around, you know, in, in a quiet town, it kind of, it makes it, it's pretty similar, I think. Like, at least to Chicago, you know what I mean? Like, having lived here now for a few years, like, Chicago is just a bigger, cooler, friendlier version of Philadelphia. Yeah. So, Fr- friendlier than Philadelphia, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, of course I was listening to those bands. That's, yeah, absolutely. You know, they were some of my favorite bands. And so it's, I'm, I'm obviously that has something to do with it, but uh, I do know what you mean as far as, you know, bands sounding a certain way regionally. And yeah, I honestly couldn't have a good answer for you. Aside oh, yeah. From that. Aside from that, South Jersey probably, to me, reminds me a lot of the Midwest. No, that's that's a good point. I I never really think of. I mean, when I think of New Jersey, I just think of the Turnpike, and that's obviously terrible. A horrible example. That's, and that's not even like where I'm from. That's like <laughs> way north. <laughs> right, 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 right. And sort of to wrap things up with my question, you uh, just in talking to you right now, like you know, you strike me as you're a reluctant businessman, where it's like you've. You know, you have to obviously care about the business of the band as far as like, you know, your guarantees and merch and all that type of stuff, because obviously there's no one else that's responsible for it besides you. Um, So is is that one of the is that one of those things where you kind of just view it as a necessary evil or have you grown to enjoy it at all? Or is it just kind of like, whatever, uh, I got to do it. (laughs) In touring? Uh, Or just being like keeping up with the business of your band as far as like, you know, oh, like I got to. 
you know, worry about, um, you know, like I said, these just all the, all the business aspects of the band, whether it's like, you know, dealing with the record label. And, you know, I mean, I know when I say dealing with the record label, it's not like you're kind of more like just talking with your friends on the phone. Right, right. Exactly. Um, so I mean, sure. Yeah, it's absolutely exhausting. It's, it's, it's the kind of, it is a necessary evil. Like touring is a necessary, no, no band playing shows is fun. But I guarantee you any band, if they could support themselves as a band and just put records out or just write songs and not have to tour and be able to play shows whenever they wanted, but not have to do it to like become popular or to get their name out or to like, yeah, to like to support themselves as people, they wouldn't do it. It's not, it's exhausting. It really, really is. And I love it. I love touring. I love playing shows and I love doing it. But it's also the kind of thing where if like if someone came to me and was like, all you need to do is, is write your songs now. That's it. That's all you got to do. Just write, write your songs, put out records. You're totally cool. I'd be like, awesome. Thanks. <laughs> the, the writing side of it, the writing side of it is what I really love. That's my favorite part of it. Obviously, like, like you know, when I write 50 songs in a year, it's like it wasn't because I, you know, no one was like holding me down with a, you know, a weapon trying to get me to write my songs. Like, I really wanted to do that. That was something I really wanted to do. Right. So, I mean. On, with the touring thing at this point, I knew that if I didn't, if I wanted to pursue music full time, I knew I had to tour this year all year, and uh, like that was the only way that I was really going to make it work. Sure. And um, so I did it, and now it's getting to a point where it looks like I can make it work, and uh, which is relieving, but it's also like you know I'm turning a page, and I know that I've got another two years of touring ahead of me. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, and thinking about that and thinking about what the tours are going to be and who I'll, who I'll be with and where I, where the places I'll get to see is really exciting. Like, getting to go to Europe this year was incredible. Sure. That was something I never thought I'd be able to do. That's a trip that I never thought I'd be able to make. I saw places I never thought I'd be able to see. And so to be able to do that and not only do that but play music doing that is really exciting. But, you know, going to, you know, uh, <laughs> Little Rock, Arkansas four times in a year... It's a little tiresome. Yeah, it's not my ideal fun, you know what I mean? So, <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it definitely gets exhausting, and I'm, you know, I'm hoping, it's also gotten easier. Mm. Yeah. But... I mean, like, and I, I hearken back to days when, you know, you, you used to have to call the venue or mail demos to get shows or, uh, you know, and you're, or you're sending blind emails to people, like, hoping they'll let you play at their art space or their house or their, you know, anywhere and thinking back on that and having it be, feel like it was so impossible and such a, so much work, like trying to book your own tours, like that's so much work. And, uh, and thinking about how, like the growth, like the amount of stuff I've done this year to where, like, I know the people, like if I'm coming through town and I want to play a show, like I know who I can call or who I could hit up or like what band is from there that I know that I'm friends with or what, you know place is like the cool place to play that like I do find someone who can put me in touch with them you know like I know like now it's at a point where there's so many cool bands from so many different places you can kind of hit anyone up and we've got this network going so it's made it really easy for everyone we know to like book tours and set up stuff and be a band sure which is really really cool because that didn't that didn't exist five years ago there was no one you could call when you were just trying to book your own tour like there was no network there was no like DIY uh, community then, you know, like you didn't, you didn't have, you know, a million plays on MySpace every day. No one gave a shit. 
So, <laughs> so oh like, yeah, no, I mean the the, la- the landscape definitely changes. That's for sure. So maybe next time Evan's on, I think we should talk about shaving. We're all men, and uh, I don't like it. And I, I need some advice. What you, I don't sh- shave, dude. Oh yeah, you guys don't shave. No, we have beard, man. Scott, be a man, grow a beard. S- Scott, don't do it, dude. Just shave. Ray, just because you can't grow a beard doesn't mean you should tell people not to. It's so true. I just, yeah, I just can't do it. Do you, Evan, do you have a beard out of pure laziness? No. I, uh, I have a beard because I look like an asshole without one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, look really, I look really, really young if I don't have a beard. So having a beard, uh, having a beard, at least it, it balances the line between... This goes back to our conversation about people seeing you at the show and respecting you if you're the acoustic guitar guy. <laughs> I feel like when you have when you have the beard, that also adds to the level of like disgruntled punk dude. Like we're not gonna mess with this guy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, this guy's legit because he's, you know. Yeah, we can't, like we can't, we can't, we can't, <laughs> we, we can't screw him over and obviously not give him his guarantee because he's got a beard, dude. <laughs> Plain and simple. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap this up and um Evan like I said at the, yeah. like I said at the beginning I appreciate you uh hanging out with us uh, for these few hours and um yeah we appreciate it thank you very much this was cool yeah, this went. This was a lot of fun. yeah man. I hope I, I didn't embarrass myself too bad no no you did fine you did fine 